Tech Conversation. Tech Conversation on Metro FM Talk. 11 minutes after 8 p.m. and uh, we're taking a look at how you can ensure that you secure your digital presence online so that you're not on the receiving end or find yourself a victim uh, to whatever scam, hack, uh, or uh, porting in this particular case of your number and uh, uh, all manner of requests uh, to uh, your loved ones for E1.5. And I'm joined on the line by Tumelo Baloy, software and network security engineer. Uh, Tumelo, good evening to you. How are you doing, man? Good evening, man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Tumelo, here's my first question, man. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was saying earlier on, a few years ago, we were all encouraged to go and uh, sign up with Rika and share all manner of information with Rika. Uh, mm-hmm. Under the guise that, of course, our telecommunications would be much more secure and that uh, if anything, uh, God forbid, were to go wrong, that uh, there would be some repository where that information of the telecoms and you know tracing back of numbers and uh, uh, all of that stuff would be able to happen. Yet even with that, uh, we still have uh, people's numbers being ported, cloned, and uh, uh, these kind of scams underway. Uh, what's happening here? Uh, well... With every secure system, there's always a workaround to that system. And in the case of Rika, well, uh, we've seen how fast people quickly bought SIM cards which are not linked to their own identity. So it seems there was no limit into how many times a person can register a SIM card. Mm. And this led to multiple people registering SIM cards in their name and you're going to find registered SIM cards at uh, mostly Pakistani shops and around corners in town. So it's it's a mess. It's a complete mess. Ish, ish, ish. So, so let's yeah. maybe just, just unpack it for us. Uh, I mean, many of us might have been on the receiving end of this thing and might not necessarily be, fam- be familiar with how some of these hackers, tricksters, conmen, con ladies, or whoever's behind this, how, how they actually do it. Okay, so one of the most fundamental steps is the reconnaissance. The actual hack itself happens at the last, uh, last, last level. Mm. So what they do is they, they scout you. Most of the time they scout via WhatsApp groups. Mm. So in, in, in uh, WhatsApp groups, you have your friend and you're going to find some unknown numbers. You're going to find a number that starts with a 91, some with a 234, and uh, numbers you're not familiar with, with people who, whom you don't know. So that's the first part of the gather information gathering. So they're going to gather all your contacts, put them in a database. And secondly, most of the cell phone numbers we use now are linked to our social media profiles. So we, our numbers are linked to Facebook. Numbers are also linked to Twitter. So it's only a matter of time until they use those same numbers to find us online on these social media networks. Mm. So that's the second stage, whereby they now start seeing how we interact with people who do we talk to the most, what type of content we like. And then here comes the click. So one of the most common clicks I've seen when dealing with such cases was they would, they would send at times three days in a row to a particular number they were targeting. So it can be 10 rand, it can be 20 rand, they just send you at times. The reason why they do that is there's a question network asks how many times have you recharged in the last 48 hours, in the last 24 hours. So now, what that means is they can just say all the recharge dates that they recharge that SIM card, and then what they will do is start calling you randomly from multiple SIM cards mm. until they have that column profile whereby they're able to answer this question whenever they're asked or when they're putting their numbers so that they can tell the call center agent, hi, I've called, 
I've been called by this number and that number. Uh, we spoke for X number of seconds, X number of minutes. Then the other thing is the OTP. So what they do these days is they send you an SMS, man. Mm. An SMS will be written, hi, we have detected a, uh, a podcast request. This is a security problem. Please send us the number you're about to receive so that we can verify your identity. Mm. Once you send them that number, you're actually sending them sending them the OTP number they need to actually register your account. Sometimes they can call you personally. Sometimes they send an SMS. But this is some of the vector, attack vectors that they use to, to actually port your, your, your number. Mm. Yeah. So, so and I, I guess on the preventative side of things, because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in any security establishment, uh, what you want to do is to prevent the risk event prior to it occurring. And uh, maybe then thereafter, if it has occurred, then mitigate it. But let's maybe start with some preventative measures here. How do we make sure that, uh, uh, you know, one, you've mentioned that, uh, you know, some of the reconnaissance happens in the groups. So how do we then relate to uh, many of the WhatsApp groups that one would find themselves in, uh, be it from a family perspective, work groups, friendship groups, and all manner of others? Well, this is all, this is all based on behavior. So if, if people can stop joining these random groups, or, uh, they, can, or they, can, they can save themselves from quite a number of issues. If they stop joining random groups, if they stop, invi- if they stop um, uh, invites to groups that they don't know of, then they can, they can actually save themselves uh, the problems of, having, of being hacked. And the other thing is, on social networking sites, make sure that your privacy settings are on, that nobody can search you using your cell phone number. That way, the vector of gathering, how you talk to people online, is minimized. So that, uh, and also, the other thing is, if possible, if possible, always have a, back, a backup number that you use for the most personal things. So you, you, you might have two WhatsApp numbers. One is the one you, you can just give to anyone else. Mm. The other one, is your private one where you don't give to anyone, you give to all to those select few that you're always in communication with every day. That way, even if your other number is hacked, you still have your main one which you can use in case in case of a hack. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. And uh, what's this thing, the two factor authentication? What's that? Okay, so two factor authentication, how it works is it, it it gives it gives you a challenge that you must solve. If, let's say, I'm resetting my password on uh, Google, Google is going to ask for two-factor authentication, whereby it either, it either sends an SMS, and SMS is the most uh, unsecure way of authenticating. Even banks don't want to use OTP anymore by SMS. So mm. they, send you, they send you a code. This code is it's called a, a, time, a, a time-based OTP. There's, there's another one called a HOTP. So what that means is it's, it, it, it's a signed signature between two parties that is generated and it expires at, at, after a certain interval. So in case of WhatsApp, you can add an OTP by just uh, assigning a secret key. Mm. So, so there's, a, there's a pin you can set on your WhatsApp account that whenever a, a, a new phone is added to a device, it should ask them for that pin. And then yes, so so it's 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 so rampant that uh, self sim cards are being sim swapped that 
it's no longer a viable way of sending OTP via SMS. Mm. So, so, so what most apps have done, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or any other major app, is they introduce they're introducing uh, authentication software. There's a software called Google Authenticate. It's available on both Android and both uh, both Android and iOS. This Google Authenticator, what it does is you can pad, link it with your account and it will generate secure tokens for you to sign in. Okay. So, yeah, so so what it does is there's a secret there's a secret uh, secret cipher shared between the client and the server. Mm. And then the epoch, the amount the 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 time between the two is synchronized so that both have the same value at a certain time. Now, now the other thing, Dumelo, what do you make of uh, how some of the networks have responded here? I mean, you know, one person was telling me that when they called to try and, I guess, block their number or even get some uh, assistance uh, from the uh, service provider, they were told that, mm-hmm. you know, they were calling on a number from an entirely different uh, network provider and, and that, you know, you know, they were no longer using the number that they had been accustomed to and that they had shared with everybody, uh, which uh, when you called that number was already off. Um, do you get a sense that many of the network providers here have been caught flat-footed? It's... the the. They, they were sim swap at first. They were they were not really prepared for these uh, port attacks. Mm. So I am I think internally most of their software processes did not involve recovering such incidences over over a large number of of, of people who are reporting the same case. So they were they were not they were not prepared for this. That's that's the only way we can we can sum it up. And also Rika. Rika as an it should have been used as an authentication measure, whereby during registration you're given uh, a, a, a paragraph, what you call a secure paragraph, whereby mm. you have to place it in a safe space, so that the next time you want to port your number or want to do a SIM swap, you simply give that a secure phrase, mm. then that form of authentication between the two parties. Okay. Tumala, I want us to pause here for a second and uh, we'll continue on the other side. Also, I uh, want to uh, get some views from some of our listeners here. Give us a ring, 89 It's called a port attack. WhatsApp. Uh, yeah, so now, now they are by Indon. It's called a port attack. And if you've been on the receiving end or have been a victim of a port attack, give us a ring, 089 and share with us some of your own experiences. You can also tweet us on at MetroFMSA. Tech Conversation. Tech Conversation on Metro FM Talk. 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. Now, uh, I guess the news coming out of Escotino Skamaminzela, where Orlando Pirates are facing Mamelodi Sundowns. It seems that Orlando Pirates have entered the halftime break leading. One goal to nil, thanks to their informed star, uh, Gabadinho Mango. And uh, Gaba there uh, coming through uh, for uh, Orlando Pirates once again. So uh, certainly if that's what you want to talk about, let me know. And uh, we can certainly discuss that. Uh, uh, certainly I might be a supporter of the Pefeni Glamour Boys, but uh, show a keen interest uh, in uh, this particular uh, a game that is uh, unfolding at uh, the Orlando Stadium. Uh, but uh, we continue with our tech conversation and uh, I'm in conversation with Tumelo Baloy, software and network security engineer. And Tumelo, I guess the other thing is is really once this has happened, I mean, if you had to have uh, 
uh, a standard operating procedure around how you get yourself out of this. I mean, one would think that, you, you know, you have to communicate with the bank uh, to sort out uh, whatever OTPs they might send you and uh, mm-hmm. uh, all of your uh, cell phone banking. You have to communicate to uh, your loved ones, your kith and kin that, hey, this is what has happened. Uh, just maybe talk us through how people can really, after this has happened, really mitigate the impact of this particular risk event. Okay, so the best advice I can give anyone is they must go open a case of identity theft at, at their local police. Mm. From there on, they can take that evidence and take it to their network provider as proof that this has happened to them. Because banks automatically, they shut down your internet banking whenever they detect SIM swaps or number porting. Mm, mm. And banks have, have, have started uh, releasing their, all their apps and now they are sending their OTP through their own app. So it's quite secure. It's quite a secure ecosystem that is getting there. But it's, it's, it's not enough because now there still needs to be that element of informing the public of why this is done. And uh, also, one of the key things that uh, the public must also do is once they lose signal, once you lose signal or you receive an SMS about any port request, Flag your number, call your, your your network provider and flag your number and say you did not request for any port activity on your account. Mm, mm. Yeah. And, and, and when you go to the cops and you sort of, uh, uh, put, I guess, lay a charge of identity theft, who do you lay it against? Because, I mean, you really don't know who's on the other side. It's, it's hard. It's it's more of acknowledging that the uh, oh, crime that has happened, happened yeah. okay. whereby the, the network can now uh, act faster in uh, you regaining your cell phone number mm. because now there's a case with the SAPS. Although it's quite hard to track down these people, but most of the time uh, it's like the same gang. They use the same mode as operandi, especially with this 1,500 rand thing like they are sitting in the same room and executing this uh, these hacks, mm-hmm. and also, also a large number of our data is in the hands of uh, criminals, is in the hands of telemarketers, where you you get calls that you never even expected to sell your product. So this data information within corporate is also one of the major key factors that led to people being hacked. Mm-hmm. Certainly a tough one here, and uh, and I guess the the broader question, just as we wrap up uh, uh, here, Tumelo, is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this has happened in some cases to people more than once. Um, do yeah. you get a sense that there's some coordinated, syndicated uh, effort here behind the scenes that isn't just about money? I mean, you know, yes, if you ask enough people for the 1.5, it can make a sizable amount, but I'm, I'm starting to also get a sense here that uh, there might be something much more sinister here and much much more... Uh, ominous uh, from a security perspective. Yeah. So what I think is that it's it's going to be quite easy now for the for network companies to actually find the person who's done the most important quest because they have to work through through their employees internally to be able to port so many so many numbers in such a short space of time. Hmm. So with the with the court case, with the police cases open. It means now when the employee they find to have done so many of these port requests can now also be added to that charge. So, and they can probably reveal the people they work with.
because it's not some someone external that can be a port. They can register a SIM card externally, but uh, doing something like a port request, uh, a SIM swap, you'll have to do a disauthorization from the network. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tumelo? Thank you very much, my brother. I really appreciate uh, uh, you sharing some of your insights with us there and, of course, uh, sharing some of uh, the nuggets of wisdom here around how we can not only prevent but also mitigate uh, the impact of uh, this kind of uh, a porting scam or porting attack. And uh, uh, thank you so much there for sharing uh, your insights with us this evening. That is Tumelo Baloi. He is a software and network security engineer speaking to us this evening here on the Metro FM Talk. If you just joined us and you missed uh, the bulk of uh, that conversation, do catch it on metrofm.co.za and you can catch a podcast there uh, under our tech conversations. Tech.